joy, the joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Come on, help me out. I don't know how to carry a beat, so help me out. The joy, the joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Oh, that's where the faith is. Come on, say the joy. I'm not letting you off the hook. Try to be in my spot and do this. Come on. The joy. You see, sometimes you can hide in the music and really forget what you're saying. The joy, the joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Listen to me. Let me share something with you. This just came to me when I was over there, and I don't have a theological study on it. I'm just telling you it came up out of my heart. This joy is not for the conservative. It's not for the reserve. It's for the resolved. This joy is not for the conservative. It's not for the reserved. It's for the resolved. And when you resolve, there will be an outer expression to it. Because what would determine the conservative side to life? <laughs> will have no place in your life because your trust is in something greater and more powerful than you could ever imagine. The joy, the joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Wow, wow, wow. What was it I put on the mirror this morning? Remembered the pressure's his. And sometimes we're carrying pressure, most of the time we're carrying pressure that we're not... It meant to carry. You don't even have the physical ability to carry that pressure. And that's why as we come into this series, Choosing Joy, there'll be a place in, in, in life as you live out life. I don't care if you're young or old or what. There's a place in life where we will need as an in Christ follower, learn how to follow an internal joy that's resolved rather than an external joy, surface joy that has no resolve to it at all. It's fleeting. Happy one moment, sad the next moment. If you've got kids, you know exactly what that means. Happy one moment, sad the next moment. Well, we're his kids. And he's taught us and shown us in Scripture how to be resolved in a joy that's internal. And that's why we're in this series called Choose Joy. This thing began to work in me last year. Uh, I just started to see for my own personal life that life, some, some things were getting ready to change in how I was going to have to live life daily. And uh, I'm telling you, I, I was letting those things get on me. And I came to the place where you can't take my joy. No, 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 I lose joy. The atmosphere and the surface joy, but you can't take the joy that I have inside. I've been trying to help myself learn how to sing this old song. I almost said to help others learn how to sing it, but I got strongly corrected earlier that I'm not. Uh, this joy that I have, the world can't take it from me. And if you're 50 or younger or older, you probably know that song because it's one that came out in, in maybe when I was in my 20s that um, it, it was this joy that I have, the world can't take it from me because the world didn't give it to me. And hopefully that by the end of this series, next week we will talk more about, we're going to push some levels with you next week about how to actually respond and express this joy Pastor Tiffany mentioned to us last week. Did she do an amazing job last week? Phenomenal, phenomenal. 
Um, catch up with any all of our social media opportunities to go watch that or listen to that. It'll bless you. Uh, anyway, hey, if it's your first time here, I'm Pastor Stephen. Glad you're here uh, in-house. Maybe you're out there online. First time you're with us as well. Maybe you come with us every week. We're just glad you're here. Come on. Give all these folks a great big warm welcome. <clears throat> I want to quickly go into Second Peter with you this morning in um, uh, chapter 1. And I just want to pick up a principle here that we, uh, I don't want to, I think it will help us as we move forward into the front side of today. Not going to get real theological on you today. As, as uh, Mackenzie began to share with you, I'm hoping that today and next week and, and maybe if we go an extra week that you'll catch something instead of just learn something, uh, you know, that you've got to analyze and process here. Hopefully you can catch something out of here because it'll change your life when you need it. I promise you it will. But here in First Second Peter chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. He says here, you already know these things. You're very strong in the truth you have. Every communicator that gets up behind this pulpit understands that. We know most of the time we're not coming to you telling you anything different than you already know. We're just getting up underneath of you and supporting the truths that you already have established in you. We may enlighten them more. We may cause you, oh, yeah, that's what that meant, that might, but we understand that there's truth you already have as a believer. We're just getting up under it to support it so that when you go out in the world, just like I have to do, we can live that out. But the principle picks up here. It says, but I'm always going to help you remember them. I believe that's my role. While I'm still living here on earth, I think it's right for me to remind you of them. So go back into January of this year. Back in January, we as a church launched into a what we call our 20, well, every year, but this year, just 2022 purpose of the year. It's what we believe that corporately and individually that we're uh, endeavoring to grow and to learn in and to see it working in our life. And that was this in Christ experience, knowledge of who we are in Christ. Not only the knowledge of who you are in Christ, but also living it out and walking it out in our everyday life. There's an in Christ experience. There's an in Christ knowing. There's a uh, identification that comes along with that. And so we've spent six months now. Listen, here we are the middle of the year. We're in July. Golly day, man. Imagine that. July. Getting ready to go into the third week of July. The kids go back to school in a month and a half. I hate to ruin, ruin your day. But uh, it's, it's all. Some parents are saying, gosh, I'll be glad when they go back to school. But we're halfway through the year. And so we've got a lot of good pathway up to this point. And, and now the Lord's leading us to just learn a little couple other few nuggets. A couple other few. That's a good word. I like that. A couple other few nuggets on the subject of joy. Because all of us understand the emotion of joy. We all have it, the ups and downs of it. But is there a greater joy for us to, to grow in as an in Christ follower? I believe there is. And uh, I said this to you that I'm very confident that there's a shift taking place. I'm just going to quote some things to you. There's a shift taking place in the world. And, and for the Christian, for the believer, we saw some of that in the past two months. Uh, some things that we've been praying for for years to be overturned and to go into a different direction. And, and, and we saw that I, because I believe there's a people that are stepping up and understanding the urgency of the times. We said that in January. I, I believe that, that we revisited our cores in uh, January, that we're a people that know God. Tell somebody he's a good God. I believe that we're a people that have freedom. We understand the righteousness that we walk in. The right standing with God. 
And not only that, we also are a people that are discovering that there's a God-given purpose on my life. Now listen, if you're questioning that where you are right now, man, what am I here for? What's this all about? If you only knew the mess I've made up till now, God can't have a purpose for my life. No, he's got a purpose for you that started before you ever existed. So here's, we want to help you with that. Come out on uh, July 31st, growth track. We'll help you take some of those next steps to get on the pathway of what purpose is. Because we believe that the people that are stepping up are making a difference with that purpose. That's just the core of Coastal. And so when I came from that point, we, we moved there, and I said, here's the real nugget of, of, of uh, January till now. I believe there's a people, say me, me. say us, us, that are really grasping what it means to live out of the spirit of faith. When I say the spirit of faith, I mean that we are starting to learn what it means to live a victorious life because of what was done on the cross in Christ. And I said that... Um, I went to this scripture in 2 Corinthians. This is kind of our text scripture for the year. Uh, if you got one of those cards at the beginning of the year, it was on it. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Here's what it says. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ. Say, in Christ. With a resounding yes. And through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. It is God who enables us, along with you, to stand firm for Christ. Listen. He's commissioned us, and he has identified us as his own. Say it with me. I'm in Christ. Now, here's what that means. We said that you're incorporated into something bigger than you, the body of Christ. Say, say this with me. Can you help me out this morning? Say, we're better together. Well, when we understand what uh, this in Christ incorporation, it looks a little bit like this. Ephesians chapter 1, 11 through 12, the message translation. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. See, there's that purpose. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of an overall purpose he's working out in everything in everyone. And so here's simply what we said. We said that in this in Christ experience, Jesus unlocked everything between us and heaven, made it available to us, Authority of the believer is now available to us. Grace, oh, thank God for grace. Mercy, tell somebody he's a merciful God. Uh, everything's been unlocked through this, and the statement that we made is what's true about Jesus is now true about you. So here's the question again. What should the lives of an in-Christ follower look like? Go with me to Galatians chapter 5. Let's continue on learning what that looks like. Galatians 5 verse 22. Tell somebody again, say, I'm in Christ. In Galatians 5.22, Paul shares with this church, the, uh, Galatia, he begins to tell them something. It kind of describes to them uh, what to expect to see flowing out of their life as Christians or as a believer. In, in verse five, chapter 5, verse 22, and he actually, I'm going to kind of help you on the front side. He calls it the fruit of the Spirit. And with this fruit, singular, he gives nine characteristics to support it or that's expressed through or that's, for lack of better explanation, that this fruit that's in you, you have access to all of these characteristics within you as well. Let's read it. Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance against such there is no law 
I want to hone in on that statement, against such there is no law, and hone in on to the one characteristic, joy. We don't have time to go into all the rest. But this one characteristic of joy, what does it mean in this scripture? And then also, against such there is no law. There's nothing keeping you or us, keeping us from walking in this fruit of the Spirit. There's nothing that would hinder me from walking in any of these characteristics. They're not in an order. It's not love. It's not which one's first. At any point, at any time, it's a choice. When it says that against such there is no, no law, that means nothing is hindering me. It's my choice whether I allow any one of these characteristics at any point, at any time, to be the thing that governs my response or my behavior. Say response, response. or behavior. Tell somebody she's about to talk to you. <laughs> Here's the word joy. Choosing joy. Choosing this characteristic of this fruit, joy. <laughs> uh, uh, have you ever been in the place where, um, uh, I've said this, uh, if I could just, man, i never get a break. Anybody ever said that before? Well, maybe we're looking at the wrong place to get the break from. We want to go to a place so that no matter what is causing the break, I can still look at it with something greater and stronger, and it's called joy. The word joy here, here's what it means. It's, uh, in the Greek, it's the word kara. In this scripture, it means that at any point, at any time, cheerfulness can be my behavior. At any point, at any time, calm delight can be my behavior. Uh, the pressure's on him. At any time, my behavior can be gladness, even in sorrow. At any time, I can be calmly happy. <laughs> Just laugh at somebody right now. They look funny anyway. Laugh at them. I can be calmly happy at any point, at any time. I can be exceedingly joyful. I can rejoice continuously at any time. Time. Now, this word is directly connected to another word, rejoice. The Greek word is Cairo, or however you want to pronounce that, Cairo, Cairo. It's connected to the word rejoice. That's important because re means I'm going to have to revisit this. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to rejoice myself up. And it's also directly connected to the word charis, or ka I say charis. Some people say it a little bit differently that, but I believe it's called charis. <laughs> and the word, it's kind of like the coffee shop. It's charis. Listen, the word charis is grace. So when you back yourself up through these three words, grace, rejoice, and joy, I have the ability, the strength to rejoice with a joy from heaven. So I have the ability of God within me at any point, at any time when, excuse my language, all hell's breaking loose, I can rejoice. I need, that's when you need to rejoice is in the re-moment of the thing coming against me because yesterday other things happened to me. And guess what? Tomorrow there'll be more things that will come your way. It's called life. And so when life keeps coming, I've got an ability in Christ within me to rejoice. Over 400 times you see a reference to this word in Scripture. I saw multiple different numbers on that. All of them were over 400, so I just made it simple and said over 400. Over 400 times, tell, let me ask you this question. This is just kind of a play on words. Can anybody use some joy right now? Absolutely. If you base it off of an emotion, we'd all love to have some happiness right now. 
The world would love to have some happiness right now that wouldn't go away. It's only going to be found in Jesus. Uh, listen, I wrote some of these things down to help us. Joy on its surface is a beautiful emotion. It's that feeling when you get, when you're ecstatic about a vacation, when you get married. Now, you might be a long way into marriage and not ecstatic about that now, but when you first got married, you were happy, 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 okay? <laughs> Anytime, any point, you can rejoice. Uh, it's that feeling when you get, when uh, you're having kids or grandkids. I, man, when my grandkids come over to my house, I, I'm, I'm ecstatic and happy. And I'm also just as ecstatic and happy when they go home. Because <laughs> the same joy I had when they came, by the time it's time for them to go, I ain't got that same joy anymore. <laughs> okay? It, um, it's the same joy when you get, like right now, laughing with friends. You hear something funny. It's the same joy when you receive that gift you always wanted. <laughs> My son-in-law always wanted a, certain, a dog, a certain dog his whole life, and I guess for whatever reason where he lived, no pun against family, but he wasn't able to ever get that dog. But guess what? He just went and got that dog two weeks ago, and he was happy as he could be. And now I don't know if they're as happy as they got that dog now. <laughs> they started bringing it in my house all the time. It's that happiness you, you feel. It's that joy you experience when you get that new job, that job you've been wanting. The list is endless, but listen, it's a surface joy. It's a just a feeling, and it can leave us at any instant depending on our circumstances. Now, this is something that I, as a pastor, I have to be really mature in with you. Well, maybe not with me, but with you. Because one moment I can hear a victory shout on a phone call and be running and shouting with you. And the very next phone call I get, someone just had a tragic accident and it happened. And if, we're not, if I'm not mature in this and I allow the emotion of either, either one to govern my life, I would be a basket case. But it's no different in any part of our life when they come and they go, when they come and they go. Is there something consistent that can determine my response, as Pastor Tiffany mentioned last week, my expression of response of my faith? Here's biblical joy, its definition. Joy is a feeling of good pleasure. Imagine that. It actually has a good pleasure to it. It's a feeling of good pleasure that is dependent on who Jesus is rather than on who we are or what is happening around us. Charles Spurgeon, prince of uh, preachers, he was also a Baptist preacher. I want you to hear this. Believers are not dependent upon circumstances. Their joy comes not from what they have, but from what they are. Not from where they are, but from whose they are. Not from what they enjoy, but from that which is suffered for them by their Lord. Now jump with me back into Philippians where Pastor Tiffany left us off last week. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. In Christ, I have a joy that can be tapped into at any point, at any time in my life. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Here's that word. Rejoice, revisit it. Rejoice in the Lord always, at any time, at any point. I will say it again. Rejoice. Now, here's a personal quote that was helpful for me that I wrote down for myself the other day. I don't say this boast, boastfully, but maybe it'll help you. Maybe write this thing down. Circumstances can be your greatest hindrance to your faith, or circumstances can be your greatest strength to your faith. 
And when I wrote that down out for myself, I saw it very clearly that my faith has an expression to it. And when my circumstances come out, come to me, that's what God's trying to, that's what the Spirit of God's trying to tell us about joy. That it is the greatest strength that you have. One of the greatest strengths that you have in the moment of world chaos is the joy that's internal. Because it's based upon not something that's external, it's based upon something that's internal and eternal. This is an internal joy that I have because there's an internal response, I mean, an eternal result to it. (laughs) I wrote this quote out for myself. My joy level will always reveal who I am. Your outer expression, which we've all missed, will reveal what's going on internally. So what do I do when I miss it there? I gotta read back. I gotta rejoice. I gotta revisit where is the real joy. Go with me to Acts 13, verse 52. And I just want you to see what this might look like a little bit. Because this is a place that we can come to. This is a place where Pastor Tiffany, I think she said this last week, that that us real strong Christian believers who we are, we're trusting maybe our disciplines more than we're actually trusting the result of an expression of the discipline. And here in this chapter, you see the Acts of the Apostles or disciples at this point. Acts chapter 13, verse 52, it kind of gives us a look to this joy. And the disciples, those that were following the Lord, were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. I do believe, we're not going to share in that li- along this line, that one extra edge to your joy in your life would be the joy in the Holy Ghost or being filled with the Holy Ghost. And the evidence of that filling would be the gift of speaking in tongues because you'll come to a place where you'll run out of words, but you still have more words to say. New American Standard Bible. And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the joy of the Holy Ghost. Another translation, the Jordan translation says, and the Lord's learners, say learners, We're just bubbling over with joy and the Holy Spirit. Does anybody know somebody that's bubbling over with joy? There's this guy that just flat out got on my nerves in Bible school. And I had to sit next to him during one semester, and I could not wait to get away from that semester. I don't think I learned anything that semester. I I learned after about three weeks, and this semester went eight weeks, I learned after about three weeks of asking him how he's doing to quit asking him how he was doing. I said, how you doing today? I don't even remember his name. Don't care about his name anymore. I don't even know if he's alive. He's probably going on to heaven as much as he kept saying this. I said, how you doing? He said, supernaturally. He did it just like that. Supernaturally. I said, man, you are weird. But maybe he had something. Maybe he was going through something. Maybe he was working through something that I didn't know. Maybe I was judging him by something that he was working through. Some of us would never know of anything you're going through because there's never an expression beyond just... But if that's what we see, we know what you're going through. Internally, you're a mess. And I want to help you understand that in that mess, the Bible, I don't, the Bible doesn't say it, but if you look at these individuals and look at their life, they were the happiest people around. 
in the middle of persecution. Read up of that chapter. Read the front back after that chapter. They were the happiest people in town, and wherever they went, there was a joy that they were expressing. I want to know if I can express that same joy. I want to know, we'll come back next week and we'll learn how, but I want to know if I can walk in that same kind of joy because, listen to me, Jesus said you can rejoice because your name's written down in heaven. Your name's in the Lamb's Book of Life. You know what that means? That means if the doctor comes to me next week and tells me i got just a few weeks to live, thank God I'm not going to hell. I know I'm kind of flippantly joking with you there, but it's that serious. Eternal Thought, eternal thought in the joy that I have is not based upon what the world brings to me and the news that comes towards my way. Go back to Philippians chapter 4, look at verse 4 again. What did he say? Rejoice continually. Why? Because Jesus is your Lord. I'm just going to reiterate some things. In Christ, in Christ, Satan's defeated. Sickness is defeated. Poverty is defeated. Lack is defeated. I don't know if that's in your life or not, but it's defeated. Spiritual death is defeated. What you're saying, when you go to this place where you're willing to begin to demonstrate out of an internal, eternal joy, when you're willing to begin to demonstrate, not that, I told you the weird. But when you're willing to actually maybe raise, there's an individual, he's not here today, they just left to go out of town. I sat down with him and had the conversation, just an outward, honest conversation. He said, Pastor, I'm just not comfortable with that raising of my hands. I said, okay, just hang out with us long enough, and we'll we'll get on you. And I'm telling you now, it blesses my socks off. I'm not going to point because he might be sitting, you know, everybody has their special seat so you can find them. So, but, but I'm sitting right here and I know where he sits and I look at him now and he's like this. Because something's happened in him that you can't explain. His was just basic religion of being uncomfortable in something that he wasn't used to doing. I'm not trying to, I might push your level a little bit next week and gift you to push a little bit of edge of some outer expression. But somebody's got to crack something to get us to where we can really begin to see that, devil, you're not winning in this situation anymore. Devil, (laughs) any situation for that matter. Hmm. I heard this on a podcast the other day. If you only knew what happens in the spirit when you rejoice, you'd rejoice every single day. Anybody ever gone a day by that you didn't rejoice? Just about all of us. <laughs> Most of us, I would say that a lot of us are actually because of responsibilities and circumstances, we're doing more worrying than we are rejoicing. And the worry is keeping your joy away. The worry is, if you can kind of put yourself on a different pathway, when you're worrying, you're pushing the result that you need away. When you're rejoicing, you're pulling it to you. And it's trying to get to you faster. It's trying to get into your hands. Ask yourself, what am I doing in the midst of life challenges and struggles and things that are coming at me? What's coming out of my mouth, Pastor Tiffany said last week? What is coming? Whatever's in depth, internal in the man is what's going to be coming out. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. I want you to kind of go even beyond that thought. What's already abundantly within you is a joy, a supernatural joy that came from in Christ. And at any point, at any time, you can rejoice, especially when it doesn't feel like you should be rejoicing. I went to a funeral the other day, um, Thursday, for um, Susie, pastor of uh, Bethany Methodist Church. 
This was her second husband that went home to be with the second husband that went home to be with the Lord. And I'm amazed how she was responding. It was one of the longest services I've ever been to. But the whole service was filled with rejoice, 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 revisit, rejoice. And I know I've been in the spot. I did my mom's own, my, mom, my own mother's funeral. I know that the grace that comes on you in that moment. And I knew when that grace lifted, it was all I could do to get home after that service and just kind of cave a little bit. But there's a supernatural joy that belongs to the believer, the in Christ follower. And the Bible calls it, it's a fruit supported by a characteristic of joy. Go to James chapter 1. Look at verse 2. My brethren, <laughs> come on, tell somebody, look at somebody and say, all right, brother. If you've got a sister sitting next to you, say, all right, sister. <laughs> count it all joy. The word count is the most powerful word here. The word count says lead, means to lead yourself into. It doesn't mean think. It means to lead yourself into. That lead yourself into joy when you're, you fall into diverse temptation. That means that I'm going to have to, I might struggle a little bit. You might have to get you some good drinking buddies. You know, anybody come from the drinking world? I didn't, but some people did. The drinking world, you get around the, you know, you, you had, to, listen, I'm just going to, I'm going to be transparent. You were planning to only drink one. Never ends up that way. I'm just going to drink three and I'll be all right. I can drive after three. No, you can't. I'm just planning to drink. You get around a bunch of good buddies, and they throw that case or that 12-pack out there, the keg out there, whatever. They throw it out there. It, it, it's not. It, come on. How many drank more than one? Nobody show hands. Nobody's raising their hands on that. <laughs> Nobody's going to admit to it. You get yourself around a bunch of good drinking buddies that know how to drink of the Spirit of God. We'll talk about next week. You can find out real quickly that there is something that starts to give within you because you start to put the care of the worry over on God. You're not denying them. No, 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 no. That wouldn't, I don't even think that's faith to deny. It's faith to deny the circumstances that have uh, domination over you. So here we go, James 1, 2, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. New English Bible says this, my brothers, whenever you have, whew, whenever you have to face trials of many kinds, count yourselves supremely happy. Indulge me and just do a ha, ha, ha. If we're not happy, are we choosing the wrong joy that is determined by outward circumstances? Nehemiah 8, last scripture of the day. No, there's one more, but this is the one that will feed us. Nehemiah chapter 8. We just sang this song. Verse 10. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. In Christ, follower, January till now, you have a joy that wants to be a strength in your life. Ready? The joy, the joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I love this part. Oh, it is my. Mm. New Living Bible reads it this way. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. You must not be dejected and sad. Somebody like that. Was that you? 
Must not. Amplified says it's your stronghold. The joy, eternal, internal joy is your stronghold when all chaos is happening in your life. Once again, the outward expression of eternal, internal joy is a demonstration of your victory in Christ regardless of circumstances. See, you can hold up. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. My, it's my favorite scripture because I have to use it. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. Just for next week to give me a little bit of room. Sometimes the Lord will ask you to rejoice at the most unusual times. Especially when everything is going haywire. Because it's in those moments of rejoicing that he begins to turn things around and maybe get you to where you can actually see something turn around in your own life. I grew up in an era, I'm not that old, I'm 55, but I grew up in a time where this was not hard for us. The hard for us is what a newer generation is very skilled in, and that's some disciplines and some knowledge and some understanding and, and, and being able to get a million resources and support your truth and know the, what do you call it, the, um, no, 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 that's too big for me. The, um, the um, what do you call it when it's, you know, know the context. Know the context. There's not a person in here that doesn't understand the context of joy. But there was a generation that I grew up in that I'm grateful for. And I've resisted probably more than anybody because of my reservedness, because of my straight-lacedness, because of my type A. And I'm just going to tell you about an experience that I had. I shared it with our staff earlier because it was very real to me. Anybody grew up in a generation where there was what we called Holy Ghost moves? See there? Look, not many hands are going up. It might be because of the domination you grew up in. If you're Pentecostal, from my era back, Hannah's probably two, you, four, how old are you, Hannah? 36. So 36 this way, my way. You understood some moves of the Spirit, moves of the Holy Spirit that got beyond rationalism to where you couldn't reason this out. It just happened. And I believe that one of those moments would happen to me in a, a service where we had... Uh, it was a big Holy Ghost service, what I would call it. And Brother Hagen, my, one of my spiritual fathers, was there. And we used to do two, three-week meetings at a time. You guys would flip out. You couldn't handle it. We, we did three weeks, two, three weeks in a row. One time, three weeks, twice a day, morning and night, nonstop. Had to be there. And, but it was, the night was the Holy Ghost. He taught on prayer in the morning, Holy Spirit night. He, t- he just really moved and flowed with the Spirit. And uh, with thousands of people would attend these events. Didn't have social media like you do today. So but people would come and flock all over the place. And, and I remember sitting on the front row because I was a pastor. And I had um, the board members. All of these people, these people I'm telling you about, were uh, quote-unquote, for lack of a better stereotype, millionaires reserved. They were very successful in their companies and what they did. But there was a night that something happened like the day of Pentecost. I can't explain to you, but it, something fell in that house. The Spirit of God fell in a way that these men were moved. And I'm reserved, remember? I'm, I'm not doing this. These men were moved to, and we're not going to do this next week, but the men were moved to, they started rolling on the front row. 
that we always made room for this in our churches back then. You can't do it now. People, for some reason, would come close and we should get, never mind. People were rolling, jumping and dancing. And I saw a moment where a guy, total flesh, this was a total flesh moment, but he went over in the back of his seat and his head went through the drywall. <laughs> Crazy. Just, whoa, whoa. So I remember the guy supernaturally. I'm like, this is weird. Don't want nothing to do with it. My mom made, it, made me think it was weird. Ooh, going up and down the aisles. And I said, I'll never do that. Till this night. <laughs> I sat on that chair, picturing where it was. And I watched it, and I watched it to the point I grabbed my chair. Because I knew something was moving. <laughs> and it wasn't going to be me. Camp Maranatha is where I first got filled with the Holy Spirit at 12 years old. I knew it. That experience to this experience, I knew it. And all of a sudden, me, and I can remember the voice coming out of my words. I feel like I'm trying to grab my pants right now because I don't want to do it now. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. And at the same time, you're naturally going, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? All of a sudden, me in the chair. I don't know how this happened because the chairs are locked together just like that one. But all of a sudden, whoa, I fell over me in the chair and it was over then. I learned what the move of the Spirit was in nights like that. I learned to move away from my reservedness and tap into a day of Pentecost anytime I want. It's a joy unspeakable and full of glory, a freedom of joy that every believer, especially in the world, if we're not careful, we're going to deny the power of that joy. I'm not making it about the outer expressions as much as I am what's happened eternally. Because I do believe there's some outer things. But Brother Hagin used to always say this, I'd rather have a little bit of fire than no fire at all. And some of us in this room, you need real fire to change the circumstances in your life. And I'm convinced right now, just right now, in the moment we're in, there's a group of people that are hungry for a joy that'll trump everything they're in the middle of right now. And I'm telling you, it's in Christ already living in you. The joy, the joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Stand up with me. Psalm 30, verse 5. Tears may flow at night, but joy comes in the morning. You've changed my sadness into joyful dance. <laughs> You've taken away my sorrow and surrounded me with joy. So I'm not going to be silent. I will sing praise to you, Lord. You are my God. I give you thanks forever. Sometimes people get praise and worship confused. There is a praise. There is a worship. Enter his course with thanksgiving and praise. Then there's worship. I'm wondering if we are going too far into the worship before we ever praised enough to get some stuff off so we can understand who we are worshiping. You can trust me. 
You can trust this communicators that come up here with some of the maybe levels we begin to push in the moves of the Spirit. I've got some experience in that. You can trust us, but it's some of us are going to be challenged to move a little bit further when it comes to this expression of your faith. That joy that we're talking about, Pastor Tiffany said it last week, it has an outer expression. Ha, ha, ha. Lift your hands to heaven this morning. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We welcome you. We welcome the move of your spirit. And I trust that as this group of people gets ready to walk out of this house today, that you'll remind them of the emotion of joy is not the greater joy to tap into. Remind them of who they are in your spirit, in Christ. That they have a grace to choose something greater than the moment. In Jesus' name. Let me ask you, just be honest with me. You sense something different in a service, right? You just, it's just something different. That feeling, you feel that? That's an internal feeling. That's known as the move or the power of the anointing of God. Some of the other things that we put all the importance on, I just want you to know you know it. If, you're, if you sense this little bit of a change, and I bet you out there online they can too. That's what I'm talking about. How many forgot all your problems and trials just for a few minutes there? Let me see. Now, if I ask you to think about it, you'll think about it all over and ruin your whole day. You pump a bubble up and take a, let in deflate the bubble. But if you learn how to tap into this joy, you can keep that bubble always over bubbling. Anybody here today, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. That's the greatest story you could ever begin to tell is allowing him to come in your life and be a part of something bigger and greater than yourself. Number one, he loves you with everything in him. You know what I mean by that? He loves you. And he'll work through every problem, everything that you're walking in. He'll work through all of that with you mercifully, gracefully. He'll work through all of it. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, we're not closing our eyes, and you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life today, raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you. See that hand right there? Sometimes we walk away from the Lord. When I say walk away, we just start doing our own thing. You're not sure he's still there. You're not sure if that presence is still with you. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. We can leave and forsake but you want to reconfirm to you that he never left you or forsake you. Just by a confession today that, you know what, I just want to recommit him in my life. Let me see your hand. Raise your hands. See these hands. Pray it with me. Father, in Jesus' name, with these individuals that raised their hand this morning, or this individual, Father, we pray that you'll touch their heart by your spirit. Pray this with them. Say, right now, I recommit, reconfess, my salvation now that means Holy Spirit that means God I need your help tomorrow today and I thank you that you'll never leave me 
and forsake me. And everybody said, Amen. The joy, the joy, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I love you with all my heart. Get out of here. We'll see you next week. We'll come back to this next week. Have a great day, guys. You're going to find a great card on that section. Just take a moment and submit that and fill that out. We'd love to put a free gift in your hand and also slip a letter in the mail letting you know more about Coastal Family Church and any upcoming events we have. Maybe this is your first time with us and again we just want to say thank you. If you call Coastal Family Church your home, we want to let you know that there's a several ways that you can give also on our app or on our website. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. Pastor Stephen? Hey, we'll see you soon. You guys have a great day.